I'm Joe Haddo and this is our series of interviews with the Theakstons Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award long listees. Produced and created by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakstons Old Peculiar, WH Smith and The Express. And it's great to have you with us. Today I'm joined by an author, a playwright and a graphic novelist, is there anything she can't do, who won the Theakston Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award consecutively in 2012 and 2013 and she is back on the long list again for her latest novel, Conviction. Denise Miner, hello and welcome. Hello Joe. Lovely to see you. You too. Uh, and where are you joining us from today? Your home, I assume, obviously as everyone is. Yes, uh, well I'm in my study. And uh, um, as you can see, this is the tidy corner. <laughs> so I have a zoom in corner, which is quite tidy. The rest of it's just carnage. <laughs> I have the same thing, which is just, you know, a bit of a lamp and a bit of a painting, you know. And that's... I thought you were in Ikea, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? if, we, if, if I turned it around, you'd think I was in a war-torn country, I think. So it's better than, better than we keep this framed. <laughs> Um, it's it's really great to be speaking to you and obviously we uh, we see each other at Harrogate most years and various other things which of course we can't do this year but you're on the long list for the Crime Law of the, of the Year Award um, and we want to talk about that book it's a book where where the idea I think I, I'm right in saying this came to you from your love of podcasts yeah, I love true crime podcasts. I actually love all podcasts, but I particularly love true crime podcasts. And when I started writing it, it was a really new thing. And one of the things I love about podcasts is people are quite disinhibited. You know, we're not going to swear at each other or make libelous comments in this in this interview, but no one's embarrassed about doing that on podcasts. They're really mesmerizing. And they say the things that you're always thinking, like, I think he's the murderer and stuff like that, you know? Um, and But there are consequences to that. And if you got in right at the very beginning, um, people would say things like that. Then gangs of people started um, trying to investigate cases that they'd read podcasts about. And turning up at someone's home because um, someone said, I think they're the murderer and stuff. And um, the police in the States apparently now issue statements and they say, please come forward if you have any information about this case. But please don't interview anybody or go to the crime scene because you're trampling over all the evidence. <laughs> so it's like armchair detectives are getting out their armchairs and going off. And um, So I just thought that's such an interesting um, social phenomenon. And also, it's such an interesting way, you know, what is it about the pending question that makes us all want to, to do that? Do you know what I mean? And um, also, podcasts are an amazing form of storytelling. Um, you know, they're not any size or shape. They can go anywhere. I mean, it really feels like a new art form. And actually, a podcast, won, uh, the first podcast ever to win a Pulitzer just won a Pulitzer. Um, because they are like a really amazing form of storytelling. And it feels like the invention of the printing press when you could say that the Pope, you know, was the whore of Babylon and, uh, um, and, and, and not be set on fire. I mean, it's just like a really amazing kind of, um, you know, it's all over the place. It's brilliant. I love it. So anyway, the story is a woman's listening to a true crime podcast. She recognizes somebody in the story. And she goes off and starts to investigate because her own life is unbearable. So it's really an analogy for how we fall into stories um, as a response to our own lives. And I think most of us who read all the time have got experience of that. Well, since lockdown, we've all got experience of that, of yeah. needing to be in another story just to make the present bearable. 
um, and uh, and loads of people have responded to it like that, and I really love that. I feel really honoured. Well, it really is such a great way into the book. It's it's something a bit different, I think. That you know, I I don't think I've read before, and you you actually sort of write transcript of of the bits of the podcast that she's listening to as well at the beginning, um, which really, you know, for me as someone who's a, a, a radio producer and who hosts podcasts and have been doing so since, you know, before they became the big thing that they are Same. now, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's so great, you know, to hear you talking about them so passionately, but also to see them being the source of a, of a whole plot now, which I think is, is just great because you're right. We we're all we're all listening to them so much more. And I remember a time when I'd say a podcast, and people would just be like, "Oh, I don't know how to get it." It's not that long ago. I mean, no. it's minutes ago. And um, when the book first came out, I did an interview, and someone, one of the journalists, said to me, "What if podcasts just disappear?" And uh, and I actually did an event to an audience two years ago, and at the end of it, they were so nice. And at the end of it, they came up and said, "We have to tell you, we don't know what a podcast is." <laughs> That would never happen now. Everyone knows what a podcast is. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's really changed really really quickly. Yeah, it's definitely been a. It's it, yeah, it's definitely been heavily weighted to the last eighteen months where it's exploded. Um, and before I, I, actually, I actually got, I actually did an interview and they said um, for the the interviews at the start of this book coming out were what is a podcast. And recently, someone sent to me said to me, um, "Of these twelve books, which is your favourite featuring a podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that just that just shows you, doesn't it? You know? And I imagine, um, like many, it it started for 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 you possibly with with something like Serial. Is that how you got the obsession about true crime podcasts, but also just generally in listening to them? It started with Serial, it did, which I thought was 2017, but I'm advised was 2014. Which yeah, that would probably like, be right. Is that right? It feels like, it doesn't feel that long ago. Um, and, uh, and I'm now an encyclopedia of worldwide true crime podcasts. And uh, <laughs> I have a very limited audience, but I can do impressions of the case file guy in Australia and all this kind of thing, wherever I <laughs> mean, Australian. <laughs> so, but I listen. I do. I listen to them all the time, and they've actually got me into audiobooks, which I listen to a lot more than I ever used to. Um, and yeah. it's great because it basically means you can read when you need your eyes. So you can paint a room and read a book at the same time. I know it's amazing. Talk it's about multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as well as this novel being a, a cracking murder mystery, and we've got the the podcast thing as well but you explore being truthful in a sort of social media heavy age that we're all living through mm. and I just wondered what because this is something that I talk about a lot um, and I've got a really weird relationship with social media in, in that I mainly hate it and I still use it but I just wondered what was drawn to you what what drew you to 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 write this part of it do you know what? it was Melania Trump um, I was okay. watching her and I was thinking, she's a murderer. I think <laughs> she's a murderer. And if you were a murderer, where would be better to hide than behind one of these big red-faced braggadocio men? Uh, it would be the perfect place to hide. And, and I was just thinking about those trophy wives, about presentation of self and how people present themselves and how hard it is to hide. And we've all had that experience of being tagged in a photo where you look you know, horrendous. Um, and, 
And, you know, it's just the idea of how exposing social media is. And also for a long, long time, way past everyone else, I didn't know people lied on social media. <laughs> I don't know why. But I thought everyone was happy. And then eventually I was looking at something on Facebook and it was this woman whose husband is clearly gay. And they were talking about what a great, and we're, you know, you're waiting for the other boot to fall for her to realise that this is the case. And she was talking about what a fantastic holiday they had. And they looked like a catalogue couple. And, and I just suddenly thought, this is all rubbish. I mean, it was a real kind of dawning realisation. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I, do, I have a very ambivalent relationship with you. I stay on Twitter because it's written. So it's not really about, I don't really like Instagram and I don't really like all those things. But the idea of somebody trying to hide and, you know, um, uh, trying to escape their past, that's really almost impossible now. I think that, and especially with like face mapping and face, facial recognition and all those things, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to hide. And um, uh, yeah, I just find that kind of thing really fascinating, the idea that you wouldn't be able to um, stay hidden anymore. And, you know, all these techniques that people used of changing their name, moving a new place, none of it means anything anymore. But I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And, mm. of course, that's what you wrote in your character, Anna MacDonald, at, at the beginning is, you know, she's got this, she is a sort of trophy wife, I suppose. She's a younger wife to a quite successful older person who turns out to be pretty awful. But that was, that's a sort but of she really idea. loves him. I think yeah. that's really important because yeah. he's not a caricature, you know, because uh, she really loves him and she, she knows exactly what he is and she loves him. They're just not getting on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, and and that and she is she is doing the the slight sort of trophy wife hide, isn't she? Mm, yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So she's she's um, performing all the roles of um, you know she's actually a really amazing character, and quite often, uh, you know, I'm interested in the off center characters who don't speak very much. I'm interested in the um, the people who don't offer their opinion immediately. I mean, I offer my opinion all the time, but I'm really interested in those people who don't speak. What are you thinking? And, you know, what, what, what's your background? And very often, you know, as a, 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 you know, a public figure, you do events and you, you talk for an hour and you get like two seconds to ask someone about themselves. And it turns out they're a spy and a nun. Or, you, know what I mean? <laughs> you know, people have these amazing lives and you never really get, you're just so busy talking that you never really get to know them. And it was just, I just thought, wouldn't it be great to have somebody who has this amazing story and all the time people are telling her they're really banal stories. I just thought that's, you know, I love that. Yeah. It's so classy. Yeah, and it really works as well. Um, if I could just talk about the uh, long list for a moment, um, you join 17 other authors and 17 other great books. And I wondered if, if you'd had much time to delve into that list and if you had a sort of favourite from the ones that you might have read on the long list. Well, I haven't actually, because I've been working so much, I haven't actually had a chance to read loads of them. Uh, but Helen Fitzgerald, uh, worst case scenario, Helen is a brilliant um, she's amazing about plot. Her plots work really. I don't know if you saw The Cry on television, but mm. her her plots are really intricate and really beautifully put together. And uh, and I've always really loved her work. Uh, but I, I, to be honest with you, there's so many on the long list. I haven't read them all. I feel really bad. <laughs> Normally you arrive at these things and there's like five of you, but um, I haven't had a chance to read 18 books. <laughs> no, it's quite a lot to get through, isn't it's it? A lot, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's lovely, though. It's lovely, though. I mean, it's great, you know. 
and some of them are your mates so you know they'll either forgive you or you know they won't they won't mind if you read them another time um you've been shortlisted for this prize and indeed you've, you've won it twice as i mentioned um how did it feel to have been long listed again uh you know because this is a huge award in crime fiction and i just wondered how if, if the excitement was still as much as it was the first time and could you be the first order to, author to get the triple <gasps> um <laughs> To be honest, it's never not thrilling. It's just really thrilling. It's just it's just really lovely, you know. And uh, and you know, being uh, long listed, it just brings back all the memories of the one before. And um, uh, you know, just all those really hot, sticky weekends in Harrogate <laughs> where we were all together. And you know, what a lovely thing! And being very, very nervous and. Um, uh, being completely convinced that I hadn't won and then getting up and giving a speech that was far too long. It, you know, it just feels really visceral. And I've still got, if you get shortlisted, you get a glass mug with your name etched on it. And we drink out of them every day. I've got them in the Aww. house. And, no, but it's just a really lovely memory. And I, and I know that, you know, um, that we all really love Harrogate because it's such an odd place for us to be. <laughs> just <laughs> it's a really strange crowd in a very odd place. And, um, my big sister, when this all started, she sent me a, a, a an emergency parcel of Betty's cakes from um, Betty's of Harrogate, which is like the carb stop that everybody goes to, and uh, it's just lovely. And and it is such a bumper year for crime fiction. I mean, actually, you look at that long list, and every single one of those books you've got on your to be read list, or you're going to yeah. treat yourself with when you've finished your work. So. But you know, what a great era! It feels like a real golden age at the moment. I don't know if you feel that way, but um, just brilliant people doing really good work. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes it makes the job of a interviewer so much more enjoyable when he has to read eighteen books and they're all great. You know, it's really yeah, <laughs> it yeah, really yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been a judge. I've been a judge on different yeah. things. Sometimes you're struggling to get a long list of ten because you know you read books and then there's a big drop off between books that could be on the long list and and quite a lot of dross there just yeah. isn't a lot of dross around at the moment <laughs> which is brilliant that's brilliant you know? <laughs> yeah. and the book that we're talking about of course is conviction and it's published by hubble secker and i should remind anyone watching that it's uh, you who gets to vote for the shortlist and the books that you'd like to see on it so if you want conviction to be on that shortlist, the voting is open now, and all you need to do is go to HarrogateFeakstonCrimeAward.com. And of course, if you haven't read it yet, then why not order yourself a copy from WH Smiths and enjoy it? Um, now, the last time we spoke, Denise, and probably every time we spoke, you've got a million projects on. You're always really busy, and you're always thinking, "Oh, why did I say yes to that?" Has that been the, the same in lockdown? Am I? <laughs> is that me, Joe? It is, though, isn't it? That's exactly what I was thinking as you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has actually. I had a, I had a break. I wrote an adaptation of a Brecht play, and the run was cut short by lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, but we got, we got two weeks of a run, which was great because lots of people did loads of work, and then their stuff just didn't. And then, and um, since then, I've um, finished another book called The Last Dead, and and I've written a short version of David Rizzio's murder in the court of Mary, Queen of Scots. I just finished that like 15 minutes ago um, in 1566, uh, which was a really interesting project, really sort of deep dive kind of historical thing. So I'm writing a follow-up to Conviction called Confidence, which is about the international arts market. 
So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that and it's going to require a lot of travelling. Oh, dear. <laughs> As if, oh, oh you know, again. got to do my research and I've just got to go here, there and everywhere. You know, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's tax-free. And of course it's tax-free because it's, it's all work. It's all work. Denise, it's so lovely to, to speak to you and thank you for taking the time and uh, congratulations again for being on the long list. We wish you the best of luck with that book and of course with the many other projects that you've got coming up. Um, lovely to speak to you. Lovely to speak to you, Joe. Thanks so much. Thank you.